Welcome back to another episode of the Rec Center. He's Jack Ferris. I'm Lindsay Joy. And Jack, it's officially the first podcast of your bird year. How was your birthday? My bird year? Oh, 33. Very bird. 33. Yeah. Jesus um, year, but I, I prefer bird year. Eh, who else is 33? Um, Scotty Pippen? This is, yeah, this is dumb. Is it, um, is Kareem? Kareem, I don't know. Kareem. I feel like his Twitter handle is KAJ33. I've, I, Kareem has rubbed me the wrong way ever since. Remember that hoop fest when he came to town and he was speaking at a theater, but admittance was $50. Oh, that was, <laughs> when was that? We were in college. Yeah, I was going to say, that was like a long time ago. I would, there must have been like 15 people that showed up. It's like, dude, you're yeah. in Spokane. Who's going to pay 50 bucks to go hear you talk? Yeah, I mean, no offense, so. you're a legend. Oh, yeah, he is 33. Yeah, that was the first one. I, I think I know that because his Twitter handle is KAJ33 and also pictures. But um, by the way, Scotty Pippen played a very important role in season two of The Circle, which you will not watch. But um, Scotty Pippen, I, I feel like, has been in, he's been in the news the last year for all the wrong reasons. I think, I think it was, uh, well, it's because of the last dance and I think the circle was filmed in the fall. And so people really had the last, it was like a trivia question, but it was like an important, um, moment in the show. Like this woman had to name, she's playing a, it's, I can't even explain the whole show, but basically if she got it, the question wrong, everyone would have known she's a girl and not a guy. Cause she's like catfishing and she knew who Scotty Pippen was, but it was um, it was dicey there for a second. So, but anyway, it's because it was coming off the last dance, and I feel like everyone had Scotty on the brain. I want to say Scotty Pip. So there was the whole thing about he, like he said, if he could do it again, he would do the same thing. When he talked about uh, taking himself out of the play when Phil Jackson drew up a play that wasn't for him, and he like was a little girl about it and sat on the bench and he said he'd do the same thing again. And the fact that he was a bad negotiator for all his contracts. And after that, his wife was like, Hey, we're not poor. Like, look at all the things we have. And then I think a couple of months later, his wife, it was revealed that his wife was cheating on him. And I think they got a divorce. I do. And, his, believe, and, and, uh, more, more. and his son just died two weeks ago. Oh, geez. His well, 32, okay. 33 year old son died. Oh, uh, I do remember hearing about that. I don't remember if, we knew why, but back to the wife to lighten things back up. Um, didn't Michael Beasley, who I think is on the Timber Timberwolf still, he was on the Nuggets for a while. He likes commented, not not even slid into the DMs, like publicly commented on one of her pictures and was like, I want to take you on a date. And I think he was with someone and she might have still been with Scotty, but then now I think they are dating or have dated um via like public Instagram comments, not even having the respect to do it in the DMs. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It seems like poor Scotty's got some things to to figure well, out, as we all do, as we all do, Scotty. But I will say he definitely had the clap back, and I think that you, I think it did was Larsa was like, look at how, look at how much shiny stuff we have. But also, I think Scotty himself clapped back and was like, he tweeted something about, or maybe it was her, like about how he made hundreds of millions of dollars in his career, and was like, you can knock me for being a bad negotiator, but I like in total made i think he might have made because he played longer i think he well, might yeah, have more but, than mj in, totally in the salaries. blazers he played two years for the blazers and they way overpaid him just yeah. to have scotty pippen on the team his salary was ultimately comparable to mj's but obviously mj dwarfs him in every endorsement um you could ever want all right so it's your scotty pippen year <laughs> maybe it's 
No, yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't like that. Okay, they it's all, your bird year with Larry Legend. I just want to make sure I got that right. Was he for two years on the uh, Blazers? Oh no, he's on the Blazers for like three, four years, and then back to the Bulls. So yeah, I'm sure the last six years of his career, they way overpaid him. Good for him. I think he's doing okay. Ultimately, at the end of the day, um, condolences on the family well, issues. Oh, okay. Though. Yeah. Okay. Financially, sure, but it sounds yeah. like he's got a lot of stuff going on. Um. So you didn't answer the initial question, which was, "How was your birthday?" It was good. Uh, I went to an A's game, and then I was like thinking, "This is my first sporting event in uh, you know 13, 14 months." And then I remembered that I went to the Final Four, and I was like, "Oh yeah." I also have erased that from my memory. I have decided that. I'm just going to think of it. I'm going to train my brain to think that the game, the season ended with the UCLA game. Like that was the last game. I think that I'm going to revisionist history. I'm going to revise history. And to me, that's just where it ended with Jalen shot. I honestly don't remember a ton of the Baylor game. I haven't watched a single highlight. I haven't listened to a single recap podcast. I haven't watched one shining moment. Oh no. I'll never watch one shining moment. No. Um, it's funny. So I'm on vacation and like meeting other people from the West coast. Oh, where'd you go to school? I went to, or, you know, where are you from? Where do you go to school? I went to Gonzaga. Oh, so like, how was that for you? And I'm like, yeah, I was there. Um, and I was telling someone the other day, like, I can't wait to sit down one day and watch the UCLA game. Like, cause I remember it, but it's such a blur at the same time. Oh, and I've done it. I've done it. It's a good time. The UCLA game, like in the past couple weeks, you can find it on YouTube. You can find the whole game on there. Yeah. I'm one day in the near future, I will sit down and watch that and enjoy it because I was so miserably stressed for the full 40 minutes that to watch it, knowing the outcome, I'll feel so much better. And I can't wait to like see the shot in that form, but I will never do that with the Baylor game unless I'm just being a masochist. So 40, 45 minutes, 45 minutes. I was a stress ball for 45 minutes. Not a second of that. Did I feel good until the very last milliseconds. So uh shout out to Jalen Suggs. I hope, um, He's getting ready to make cajillions of dollars. Uh, your birthday was good. You went to an A's game. Any other thoughts on turning 33? Do you feel wiser? You know what's funny? I always do this. <clears throat> my, I always, a couple of months, wrap my mind around the age before I'm there. So by the time I hit the age, I'm like well-prepared. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now I'm already like, well, at least I'm not 35. You know, I've got that mindset. That's fair. I'm still in my early 30s. And fortunately, like I'm a spring birthday, so all of my friends hit the the birthday milestone before I get there. So by the time I get there, I feel like I'm still young. I feel like that has an effect on your development as a kid, like when your birthday is, because I was a middle birthday. I'm January. So in terms of like my school class, I was always right in the middle. And I feel like that was a good spot to be because you were like you didn't get to go on a couple 21 runs or you had like a few of your friends got their driver's licenses before you, but then like you're right in the middle. So you don't have to wait. And then like, you get to go on all the other 21 runs like yours. Yeah. 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 January, January is a good, good spot. Late January. Obviously you don't want to be like January 5th. No, January 27th. That's actually our, our birthday season for our, our Zach friends. So late, late January through February, I think is ideal birthday season because it breaks up the winter. If you live in the snow, which a lot of uh, our friends do that sucks. Shout out to our friends. Shout out to January and February birthdays. We know many, and there are definitely a few listening to this podcast. Um, All right. So I told you before we started recording that I have just had a terrible Content run, actually funny story real quick. I promise it'll be quick. Um, I was reading a book, a beach read. It's called Anxious People. Show off. That I read a book. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, not to brag, I read a, a book. I'm 93% of the way through. So I just have that home stretch before I can say I actually read the whole book. But I was, I knew it was Swedish. And I looked up the author and it's the same author who wrote Beartown. Beartown. What yeah. are the odds? Like, hadn't that's not why I requested the book in my library. Oh, big nerd. Um, like three months ago and it just became available. And so I was looking at it and I was like, oh yeah, it's the Beartown guy. So he's just a, a good writer overall. I really enjoyed um Anxious People is the only real recommendation that I have for this week because I have a lot of non-recs for TV. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about Mayor of Easttown? What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, I don't, when I think relaxing beach getaways in Maui, I don't think a book called Anxious People. That's not where my mind goes. Yeah, but it's cute. It's like, it's funny because it's about a bank robbery, but it's, he writes so well and in such a way that it's not really, like he, it's not really about a bank robbery. It's about the people that were taken hostage and like their stories. I, he just, he's just a good writer. And so it like, is it, it in, is it in Stockholm? It's just outside of Stockholm. Do the hostages develop Stockholm? <coughs> Stockholm syndrome. Uh, Damn it. I was going to crush that. I just choked on a coffee bean. Well, Frederick Bachman beat you to it because there's a joke. Oh my about, God. There's a joke about it in there where that. the hostages start to like the bank robber. That's not a spoiler. And he says in the end of the chapter, Stockholm isn't just a place. It's also a syndrome. That's so, so that's so lame. Like, like it, <laughs> That's lame it, as hell. It's not as lame as you think. Hold He's on, self, self-aware about it. I just hope he wasn't trying to be profound with that. Like blow your mind. Everything. No, no. Everything in the book is tongue in cheek. And so like every ending of a chapter is a tongue in cheek, like wink, wink joke. And so that's like what it was. Okay. It, I don't think you, if you read it, you would love it. But um, if anybody is looking for kind of a, it was a very popular book. Um, he's obviously a very popular writer. So um, I also think it's, he writes in Swedish and then it gets translated. So I wonder if some stuff kind of gets lost in translation, but I do enjoy his humor. So we are going to talk about Mare of Easttown, correct? You want to do that before? Yeah, let's talk Mare. Um I love this show in such a way that is, it's hard for me to describe and I don't want to keep... Uh, making the same points over and over again. I do have one nit to pick in terms of why it's slightly unrealistic. Why? So Mayor, we, we got the timeline that Mayor's son killed himself about a year ago. And we okay. know that we know that because her ex-husband helped out Aaron with the baby. And the baby's what, a year old? Right around a year old? Oh, because his son so he says he said he said died? Kevin had Kevin had just died. She needed help. I bought her a bunch of diapers and et cetera, et cetera. Right. Mm-hmm. So that kind of that that crams a lot of things together. Were they were they estranged before that, and then they broke up? Like because that's a that's a long that's a short amount of time for him to break up with his wife and find a new fiance. Yeah. But I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they were already broken up. Yeah. There's no reason they couldn't have been broken up. Right. right. Okay. So that's not even my point. So we know that Mare is dealing with the suicide of her son within a year. She's been dealing with a year-old missing persons case. She's dealing with, what, a week-old murder case? And she's got a custody battle with her estranged daughter-in-law going on. Maybe press pause on the dating life. <laughs> but, like, there's a little too much going on for Mare right now. And I, they do it in such a way that... 
Guy Pierce is just so charming and so irresistible that, you know, like a couple of times she says like, now is not the time. Mm. But I think like she should be like, listen, dude, I'm falling apart right now. I have zero time to mess around, even though you're charming and, and ruggedly handsome and you, you know, you wrote a successful book 25 years ago. I think, which by the way, shout out to him for somehow living off the funds from that for that long. I think um, when Guy Pierce wants to hang, you just got to say yes. But also I think that there's this like romantic thing in shows that is unrealistic where it's like, even if it's the wrong time and you find the right person, then you still go, like you put everything else aside and you, I, which is like the least mare outlook on the world because she's yeah. such a pessimist and with reason she's been through a lot like you like you listed the whole list she's seen a lot of stuff so there's a reason she is the way she is I think that's a huge part of what the the setup for these few episodes have been right and okay so the positive things East Town again it feels I can't give enough credit to the writer uh, Evan Inglesby something like that Evan Ingles Ingles B sounds right. It doesn't. Is Evan the first name? Are you confusing Evan Peters with? Can I, while you Google the writer, can I just say one thing about what you're going to talk about the town? Evan Peters' drunk accent was hilarious, but also was it too much? No, I thought it was good. I've listened to, so I, I there's a podcast I listened to entitled The Watch, and both those guys are from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I think one of them is actually from Delco, Delaware County. And they both said he nailed it. Okay. So the drunk slurring. They said he's doing the best accent, period, like throughout the show. And drunk Delco accent, he absolutely crushed. It's Brad Inglesbury. Okay. I knew, I th- again, I think you were combining Evan Peters with, with Brad. Um, I might have. Anyway, so the world seems so dark, so dreary, so lived in, so realistic that I just like watching Gene Smart be pissed off playing Fruit Ninja angry is just such a delight for me. It's I, I, every time the show ends, I'm just disappointed that I can't hang out in East town and watch these people be horrible to each other for a little bit longer. I can say definitively this, as far as the whodunit goes, we can completely cross the Deacon off of our list because they're laying it on way too thick. So the deacon, but what about the priest who's with him? What about the mayor's cousin? Yeah. Perhaps. I do. I'm leaning more and more towards, and again, I don't know anything that we're just, so don't get mad at me, mad at me if I nail this. I'm leaning more and more towards mayor having something to do with herself. Right. Or Evan Peters having something to do with it. Cause I do think Guy Pierce is a little too obvious as well. And, and I will, I love this show. This show I will despise and never speak of again if the murderer is a character we haven't met yet. That's what I was just going to ask you. Do you think it's possible that it's a character we haven't met yet? No. This show is way too good and way too smart and knows what it... It's way too genre self-aware to do that to us. Does that make sense? Because half of the fun in this is Broadchurch is I'm sure we've met the character, if not the pilot, the first two episodes. I don't disagree. I think anything's possible. I do think they, I mean, the deacon throwing the bike into the river. It's two things. One, it's too obvious that it's him. It can't be him, which I agree with you. But two, he did get the bike somehow. And if he found the bike and threw it into the river to protect someone, who would he be protecting? Who does the deacon know that he would need to protect? 
Yeah, he's the deacon's involved certainly. And you know something. Well, they'll piece that together for us. But I just think if this is anything like Broadchurch, it's going to be someone that you have you were like, what? And then it's going to be like, oh my god, that actually makes sense. Um, so I'm pointing at Evan Peters, whom I love, I, and I'm pointing at Mayor. I don't think it's Mayor. I just don't. I do think I wouldn't be shocked if it was Evan Peters. I hope it's not because I really do enjoy him. Like when I said was his accent too much, it's you know the Scott Van Pelt show when he does uh with That's um, Baltimore. That's no, I know, I know, I know, I know. So with um Tim uh Kirchin. Tim Kirchin. That is the accent I hear. So it's distracting to me because I just hear Scott Van Pelt doing his little shtick with Tim Kirchin. If you've never seen those videos, by the way, just Google it. They're hilarious. It's if there's a va- if there's an O sound at the end of a word, you hold on to it. Joe Flacco. Yeah. I guess that's what they do in Baltimore. But is it also what they do in Delco? Because it's it sounds the same to me. Yeah. I with the Which accent. Are- the accent sounds West Coast, except for every like tenth word, there's some vowel that makes a weird noise. So I like forget that we're supposed to be in Delco, and then they'll say a word. It, it's jarring. Like whoa, whoa, whoa! That's the thing. It sounds like the Baltimore accent to me, where you're you're holding the O's. Weird. That's what I hear when I hear it. So anyway, I just I even with Mayor too, she'll she'll Kate Winslet. She will say things that I'm just like it just sounds like Scott Van Pelt and uh and Tim Kirchin. But anyway, I really do enjoy Evan Peters. I enjoyed his like little drunken thing. I thought it was cute. I just uh again, I enjoy I everybody. Just, I enjoy. I love every single character on that goddamn show. I love Lori, her best friend. I love how Lori interrupts Mare and Gene Smart, like screaming at each other and is like uncomfortable, but still comfortable in the situation. Like they're that close. You know what I mean? They, yeah. They've known each other for that long that I, there's like maybe five of my friends who I would feel comfortable in a room while they're screaming at their mom. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's very, but it, they kind of nail it. Cause she's like, Oh, this is uncomfortable, but I do need to talk to you. So whatever. The other thing you said is you want to hang out in East Town. Like, no part of yeah, okay, Aside no. from having a couple drinks with, yeah. like, Guy Pierce and Kate Winslet and Evan Peters at the bar, aside from that, I no part of the show makes me want to go to this town. Everyone is very stressed all the time, and it stresses me out. I do like Frank, her husband. Um, Faye is, like, a non-character, so I hope it's not Faye because they haven't fleshed her out at all. Faye is um, Frank's fiance. Fia- fiance. Yeah. Uh Shabon's having a good time. She's going to... She's like the most adult person in the house. Yeah. How about that for an observation? She's 16. She's one of the four generations in the house, and she's by far the most even-keeled character. Um, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I will say I don't love her subplot. She's going to cheat on her girlfriend with the DJ. I unless that has something to do with the final outcome of who killed Aaron. I really don't care. Okay. So I have two questions. Um, and again, I, I don't think I said this. I also love this episode. Um, I am just going to like this more and more as it goes. I don't have a good grasp on who, who done it because I think the deacon, I think, I think the cousin, the priest is still my main suspect, but it, it felt too close. Like the cousin, was, the, not, not, he's a priest, right though. What's his actual. So the character name is father yeah, or I, something. Fa- he's definitely a priest, but I think they were referring to the new guy as the deacon. He is. So I think that's how they're like towing him apart. 
that's why I call right. him the priest as opposed to the demon. Yeah. But anyway, so like I, that's my guess. But my two questions are, who do you think the baby's father is? And when she asked the deacon for his phone, why didn't she ask um, for a DNA sample to see if he was the father of the baby? Good question. I wouldn't be shocked if the deacon was the father, the father, and he may be dealing with guilt because he indirectly set something in motion that led to Aaron dying. Um, obviously, the deacon's a bad, bad boy or was just put in a, uh, a wild circumstance. I, yeah, like I, there's four more hours of this. So there's just no, I bet we find out that I, I think we can both agree. The penultimate episode is when we're going to find out what happened. And then episode seven will be them wrapping it up. I don't know. Cause in um, the undoing, did we, we had to wait till the last 10 minutes to have Hugh Grant really be like, I did it. Yeah. The undoing sucked though. I'm ready to say it. The undoing <laughs> let me down. Okay, here, how about this? So we talked a lot about how with The Undoing and um, Big Little Lies, mm -hmm. we love being a fly on the wall in the lives of uber-rich one percenters. Like, we love their lifestyle, and then we love watching them collapse. Mm -hmm. This is the opposite, and that these are, like, downtrodden, economically depressed people, like, subjectively, but we kind of like watching their lifestyle. It's like being at the zoo. That's why I like hanging out in East Town. You know what I mean? But I think you like, I think you like their relationships. Yes. But I also, than... yes. I also like, uh, God, I like the dynamic of four generations living under one roof. Yeah. Where does that happen outside of like kind of the slums of America? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I mean, I think, again, I think that um, we both I, like it for the relationship. Cause that's, that is a relationship, like the four generations. Like I, I do think that there's um, that's what makes the show so good outside of they have introduced enough mysteries to keep me interested. I'm not just watching some slow drama play out over time. Like I'm also sitting there going, okay, who did this? Who did this? My other question was, do you think the two killings are the same person? The initial yeah, one and this one. Because I don't have I a do, grasp on that yet. I do think they'll be connected in some way. I think one probably triggered a series of events that took a year that ended up costing. Because there's no way we completely uh, are disconnected from, what is her name, Kate? Who's the one that died a year ago? Katie. 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 Mm -hmm. We'll call her Katie. There's no, like, they wouldn't plant that without it having to reap some kind of reward for us later. Um, so do I think the same person did it? No, but I think there's definitely a connection. That's, like, the easiest point I could make ever, but that's, I don't think it was the same person. Okay. I'm interested to see. I don't think it is either, because then that would have to be more like a serial killer hunting young girls in this one part of the area, like, one part of Pennsylvania. And I think ultimately it's going to be something more like like a broad church thing where it was like things just got out of hand <laughs> and yeah but there was also dying. there was also you know an older man molesting a younger boy like that that was out of hand to begin with kind of thing in broad church sorry to, to spoil broad church, broad church. Yeah, listen if you, if you haven't listened, watched yeah. broad church that's on you broad church is fabulous television launched olivia coleman's career yeah she's everywhere now queen uh queen elizabeth queen yeah queen elizabeth 
Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, okay. That is all I have on Mary Town episode three. We, as you mentioned, I just figured this out at some point that it's seven episodes. So we've got four left. Yeah. We're just about halfway through, which is a bummer. It's just, it's, you mentioned this last week and it's so true. There's no, I can't think for the life of me outside of maybe nurse Jackie. And that chest came to me and nurse Jackie's kind of like whatever, where there's been such an awesome female antihero to root for. There's are many it's, um, it's this sort of thing where like we started saying male and not male. We just started saying antihero around the breaking bad time. But there's an essay um, that's like a famous essay from Emily Nussbaum about how Carrie Bradshaw is the original antihero. Oh, yeah. She was so hated. Like she was so horrible sometimes, but to then men. you were rooting for her to men, but to her friends, like she was selfish. She was, she was okay. Carrie, let me defend Carrie Bradshaw here. I think she, you're right. But also she didn't ever do anything that was so dastardly. You were like, oh my God, you should go to prison for that. She never like, killed anyone, but an anti-hero doesn't have to kill anyone. Oh, dude. Mayor lifting heroin out of the evidence locker and planning it in her daughter-in-law's dashboard that could just about have ruined her life is as bad. It's, it's not murder, but it's really, really bad. I just define an antihero as a bad person that you're rooting for. It, and the, you're just okay. saying the the bad person thing is a sliding scale of it's all relative of like this how bad. I agree correct. that she's worse. Correct. Carrie Bradshaw like never, I, I don't even think she stole anything. Like she, yes, she didn't commit any crimes, but she. Carrie Bradshaw was like a selfish person who was kind of, you know, self-centered, et cetera. Yeah. She didn't do anything that she's, she wasn't like, I understand the essay's point of view in that. She was not a good person and we were rooting for her, but she wasn't a terrible person. Mayor's a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's, it's, it's all, that's, that's kind of the point of the thing. It's all relative. It's all how you view it. Right. So you could, one could, cause people love Carrie Bradshaw and didn't realize that she was an antihero. That was the point of the essay. Anyway. So that is. Okay. But I, I guess, okay, so my <laughs> point is I can't think of another outside of like nurse Jackie, who is addicted to pain pills and cheating on her husband with a doctor. Well, Fleabag. Oh, yeah. I I could do this. The female antihero is like my genre. I feel like that's all the shows I like. I mean, Broadchurch, Alana Glazer, like it's a different type of show, but she was a terrible person. Alana Glazer. Abby. So broad or um, did I say Broadchurch? Um, Broad City. Abby and Alana. it's, It's a comedy, so it's different. But like Abby was like the sweet one that worked at the gym. And then Alana was like the terrible person who like definitely stole and did committed crimes that she should go to jail for yeah okay i've probably gone too far but like i would say fleabag is also an antihero because she's she literally does terrible things um that i won't spoil season one for you because i do think a lot of people have not seen fleabag but she does like something that ends up with her best friend getting killed and (laughs) well do you know Uh, what you didn't have to do that you pretty much you said i don't want to spoil it but you pretty much just like the whole season, you're trying to figure out what happened. You're like, oh, my God, she had something to do with it? What? Yeah, but I didn't say what she did. <laughs> I guess you could connect dots. I don't know. I, I've been telling everyone. <laughs> Fleabag is like the Formula One show. I tell everyone to watch it and just uh, nobody will. So it's like, I guess if you haven't seen it at this point, that's on you. Oh, um, that's, a good, that's a good segue. Do you want me to go first? Did you watch the Formula One show? I watched the Formula One show. I jumped straight to season three and I watched, God, is it eight hours? I think eight episodes. 
No, they did 10 because the one I was recommended, the one I recommended was um, the penultimate season yes. episode nine. Yep. And it's not all full hours. So it's probably, it probably is eight hours, honestly. All right. I watched it in a day. It is, uh, you don't have to know anything about Formula One. You just have to know that. <laughs> uh, God, you don't really need to know anything. Let me tell you something about Formula One. You said it a little bit earlier. I don't know if you've ever recommended it, but you said that penultimate episode, episode nine of season three was really good television. Mm-hmm. And it was, it certainly was. But this show is so chock full of characters. This sport is so chock full of characters. I, you did mention this. There's 10 teams. Each team has two drivers. Even if uh, a driver's your teammate, you're still competing against that person because there's got to be like an alpha and and a bravo, uh, a beta, I should say. So every team inevitably has like this 29, 30, 31 year old like guy that's trying to hold on to his Formula One career and a hot shot 20, 21 year old. And the 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 dynamic between the two drivers is it's nails on a chalkboard. It's so fun to watch. Mercedes is so far ahead of everybody. They're like the Yankees right now that nobody really has a shot. But the point of Formula One is also just tried, trying to make money. And how you make money is you have marketable drivers. So you have to have hot drivers, pretty much. It, so they're all like supermodels. There's 20 like hot Instagram model dudes that are crazy for driving 200 miles an hour around corners. And they like have beef with their owners and their, their managers and they jump around. Like, I don't know what the free agency deal is, but they jump around team to team, like nobody's business. And they announce it like midway through the season. So that's awkward. They explain like, it's like you're dating your fiance who has called off the wedding and is already dating the next guy, but you still have to like go through the motions of the wedding through the season. It is, it's, trust me, you don't have to know anything about, anything you just got to be into uh drama and maybe like sports a little bit because it's 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 competitive it's competitive and there's that thrill of you get really invested in like the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat like that you so that's the sports fan part of it but i think that it's such a broad appeal with this show and with when you're really getting to know everyone i think that even if you're not a sports fan i i i I don't know what that's like but i assume you would still be into this so the thing about drivers announcing they're leaving midseason. Imagine if Aaron Rodgers eight games into Green Bay season said, I signed with the Broncos for 2022. I'm going to finish out this year, which is sort of what happens with NBA free agency. Like LeBron's like, I'm going to finish out this year with the Cavs and then I'm bouncing and everyone kind of knows. But like, imagine if Aaron Rodgers signed with the Broncos for the next year, but then finished eight games with Green Bay. Talked to the media, had to look at his teammates, like the whole nine. That's how awkward and like it's not like oh less money is on the line like kajillions of dollars are on the line and these people just go to work with people that they're like yeah i'm gonna leave you um in a, in a few races but thanks for like getting me through to the end yeah but again it, it feels like winning the races and winning the season is only about half of it because they're so beholden to their sponsors they're like shareholders i mean they are shareholders they have to make their sponsors happy. And it's like, it's like a free market economy. You can have as many sponsors or as little sponsors as you want. So obviously you want goddamn sponsors. So you need hot dudes behind the car. You need hot dudes behind your wheel. Like it's, it's hilarious. It's insane. And there's these, 
there's this one American owner who is an absolute cartoon character, billionaire guy, and his son is a driver. 20 Formula One drivers in the world. And this guy has his son driving for his team. It's hilarious. And the way that Michael Schumacher's kid gets on to one of the teams this yeah, year. Because they want a German sponsor. Well, because so that's actually the crazy thing. So Michael Schumacher is, is as of right now tied with Lewis Hamilton for the most championships. Lewis will pass him this year, but so he's quote unquote, other than Lewis, the greatest formula one driver ever. And so now his kid is like what, 19 or 20. He's up and coming in this world. And he was in formula two or the one below it, but I think he's in formula two. And it's like, okay, what team is going to be the first to reach down? Even though he's not as good of a driver, the name Schumacher has the marketing appeal that you're talking about. So who's going to like take that leap and just grab him, even though he might not be winning new races, the marketing money from having a Schumacher on your team is invaluable. And so, but it's crazy what you mentioned about the German thing, seeing the negotiations between these, this team needs a new sponsor. And so they go to a German, like, I think it was like a tech company and they're like, can you give us money? And they're like, yes, but will you give us, will you pick the next driver? Will he be German? And Schumacher's, Michael Schumacher's kid, I keep forgetting his name, sorry, I don't know what his first name is, um, is he's obviously German. And so like the fact that like, not only did he get on the team through his name, but the fact that it was because he's German and the sponsor was like, we want to, like, that's insane. And the fact that you witnessed that negotiation, like they have crazy access that they would let you in a, in a room like that. That's part of what makes just so great. And then the other thing I would just say is like, they're so honest and these guys are like bitchy to each other. The team, like the managers mm -hmm. are, the the owners, the drivers, like they are, they say things to people's faces that like not shock you because I don't know if it's shocking, but they're confrontational in a way that like everyone in sports is like, oh, our opponent's really good. Bill Belichick stands there and he's like, yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals have a really good team. This year. It's like, no, like these drivers like are so much more honest and it's so entertaining. Yeah, they straight up call one team out for cheating. And it's a it's drama throughout the whole season. And then the rich cartoon character American guy has had enough. So he like goes to the media and says, Every, everyone sucks. We're not cheating. They're just losers and they're tired. And again, like I said, Mercedes is so out in front of everybody that there's it's not it's just a race for second. And it's just it's really just a race for relevance. If anyone ever besides Lewis Hamilton wins a race, it's like a big deal. And my, one of my favorite episodes was Lewis Hamilton's teammate actually won a race for Mercedes. And he like does a media thing like champagne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Lewis Hamilton was clearly pissed and didn't celebrate him. And so when he was done, Hamilton's teammate, I forget his name. He's like a Larry yeah, I think, Botas. I think he's a Finnish guy. He poor guy goes to like the engineering room and like to like the locker room. So he's just like having champagne by himself. And he's like, listen, I understand that Lewis Hamilton's the guy. I understand he's like the greatest of all time. But there's a reason I'm on this team. Like, can I not have a win from time to time? And you, you, like your heart goes out for him. Like he's trying to make his money. I almost said another word. Um, there was a, he's obviously been in the first two seasons. I would say he got more shine this year because he was kind of willing to open up more and be like, I'm the second best driver in formula one. Um, like you could argue that Verstappen's a better driver, but he's this, he finishes Botas, Lewis Hamilton's teammate finishes second every year in the standings and he gets treated like dirt basically. Not yeah, a lot I mean, it's relative dirt is probably dramatic, but you know what I mean? It's also like the engineers at Mercedes are clearly head and shoulders above everybody else. Um, yeah. Because they, and that's the crazy thing. They, all these guys have to build their cars from scratch, from zero, from nothing. 
And so they can like look at Mercedes cars and like wonder what they're doing differently, but they, they have no idea because they can't get under the hood. It's crazy. Yeah. And that's part of the interesting thing too, that I think they were trying to change some regulations around building the cars that would make it more of like an even playing field. And I actually think that was supposed to kick in this year, but having not this year of the season we just watched on the show, but like this year, that's the races that are going on in real time. I don't think it's, I think every time I see something, Lewis Hamilton just won at um, Portugal. Portugal. I would not have come up with that. So yeah, the Portugal Grand Prix, like he is still winning. So whatever they're doing to try to even the playing field has not worked. Um, and that's the thing is it's crazy that it's inevitable that he will get another championship, but it is still so fascinating to watch this show. And I think that is the ultimate like recommendation for it. It makes me happy that you watched it and enjoyed it. Cause like I said, for, this is just a show that I don't know how I'm selling it wrong. Hopefully Jack has sold some people better on it. I have just been trying to tell people to watch this. And I honestly don't know a single person who's taken me up on that. So it's just such an easy watch. It's mindless mm -hmm. that you're watching hot dudes drive fast cars. It's, it, I mean, it's, it's just primal. It's good stuff. It's a docu-series slash reality TV at its finest. Yeah. So that's, that's my one. Go for it. Um, I'm actually going to do two back to back because they are um, non-recommendations Sort of. Um, we'll start with the first quick one, which is I tried to watch the Bethany Frankel reality show on HBO Max. It is, I believe, called Big Shot. And Bethany runs Skinny Girl. She has a whole empire. I think she said her company's total. She runs like 25 companies. They bring in about $100 million a year. I, you obviously know who Bethany is. She was on The Real Housewives of New York, but has turned it into an empire that started with skinny girl margaritas and has turned into a million other things. She does shapewear, she does activewear, different foods, whatever. So the show is her trying to find a quote unquote new um, vice president of operations, new something. She said that I'll, I'll give them whatever title they want. They just have to run the business. But the people they get, it's a competition reality show, which I was worried about. And I was correct to be worried. The people that they get to like quote unquote compete are just 25 year olds who do social media marketing. And she's talking about help, having help to run a hundred billion or hundred million dollar business. And none of these people are remotely suited to do this task. It's just people you would cast for a TV show, like Bachelor cast-offs, Jersey Shore cast-offs. It's like whoever you think would be on a reality show, that's who's competing to run Bethany's empire. And none of these people are remotely fit for the job. And so don't watch it. I will go back and I think I made it 30 minutes in. I will go back and attempt again to see if it gets any better. But unfortunately, as someone who just loves Bethany in all ways, shapes and forms, she's no longer on housewives for me. So I miss her and the show is bad. So you shouldn't watch it. It's I will shocked. watch it. I know it doesn't check you off. That show sucks. Shocked. I just, when you love someone so much, I just want, I want Bethany content. I want her to come back to the housewives, but I respect her decision to move on and, and be a free bird. But it's a dumb, it's a dumb show. Um, she deserves better. And it's honestly, she probably had a lot to do with, um, the show not being great. So she should not be running reality shows. She should just be popping into housewives and, um, being funny and smart. Love Bethany. Don't recommend that. That's on HBO max. I think I said that, um, my next one is the girlfriend experience, which I actually recommended to watch season one of before. Not and the I, soda, not the Soderbergh. The, the Soderbergh. The Soderbergh. The series. 
So I'm just doing two quick ones back to back because they're quick, like non-recs. I'm actually going to, I will check back in with this one later. I genuinely will keep watching to see if it gets better, but this season three just premiered and they do the best thing about it is it's 30 minute episodes. Um, so they did two 30 minute episodes to start. It's just not great. Um, they're trying really hard with like virtual, what's the VR? Does that stand for virtual reality? What does VR stand for? Virtual reality. Okay. Why did that not sound right in my head? Anyway, they try really hard with like VR stuff to make it cool. She's a, like a psych PhD candidate and, but she's, it's about, about being a call girl. Right. So the girlfriend. Is Soderbergh involved in this, in this one? He's the executive producer of the show. Oh, so not really. Okay. No, but it's shot beautifully and it's not, he's not the one directing it, but that's the one good thing about it. Consistent through all the seasons is they're shot very well, but they are trying way too hard with the setup of this one. Um, this is the one we talked about where it's the girl from the affair, the daughter from the affair. Um, when I recommended that I recommended you watch the first season and I said the season three was coming soon and it's now premiered, but it's the first two episodes are out. It's on stars. If you're like dying for something to watch, but I, I don't recommend it so far again, it's not the worst thing I've seen and maybe it will develop better. But like the first two episodes, are not great the first season was just like effortlessly good for some reason and this have you seen the first season no with riley keel no. we talked about this okay no i actually I like really I, I like her though yeah she's great she honestly like there's some stuff about it that's you wouldn't like but i really think you might like the first season the third season the second season is bad you wouldn't like that the third season is i'm just interested to see where we go it's only 30 minutes of your week which is kind of nice but I, that's another non-rec for me. Don't um, don't watch it unless 10 weeks later I come back and I'm like, oh, it actually was really good. I don't think that's going to happen, though. But I do recommend you watch season one if you um, are looking for a good quick season binge. All right. So I just did two. Riley Keough is very underrated in a very underrated Steven Soderbergh movie, Logan Lucky. Oh, I've heard of that. Logan Lucky's that I so real quick aside about Logan Lucky, uh, Channing Tatum, Riley Keough, uh, a guy by the name of Daniel Craig, ever heard of him? Uh, Adam Driver, Seth MacFarlane, Hillary Swank. It's an it's and it's a heist movie. The reason it kind of fell on its face and it's not more lauded than it is is because Soderbergh's weird and he's always trying to do things differently. Like he shot uh, that movie on a cell phone. High Flying iPhone, Bird. High Flying Bird, which is a decent movie. I mean, it looked okay. It was like, fine. Anyway, he launched this movie and put it into theaters and spent $0 on promoting it just to see how what would happen. Just to see what would happen. It's crazy. Five years ago. He had, he had Channing Tatum, Adam Driver, Daniel Craig in a goddamn heist movie. And so he thought it would just sell itself and it didn't. And it kind of fell on its place. It's a great movie. I did, it's not one of my wrecks, but if it, was, great. if it was five years ago, I feel like Channing Tatum could have just Instagram posted. I'm in this movie. Go I think that, it, I, think, I think that's all. I think that's all they did. They, all they did was like gorilla, like they huh. did social media posts, like, but they didn't do like any of the junkets or anything, you know, obviously. 
Um, that's so it would have been seven to eight years ago when Beyonce dropped her album and didn't do any press and just didn't tell anyone it was coming and then just dropped it on the world. And she actually sort of did that with Lemonade too, but maybe he thought he could be Beyonce and I, yeah, I think he was Beyonce. I think his, the old adage in movies is, you know, if you spend like $20 million on the movie, if your movie budget is it like 20, 25 million bucks you're spending that much on press? Like it's nuts. Double the. And so he thought he could like turn the industry upside down. It turns out you can't. And now I want to make sure it's like a critically acclaimed movie because I love it, but I just love. Where Steven is it available Cronenberg. now? Uh, you can find it on Hulu full free. Interesting. Uh, let me just get a Rotten Tomato poll, please. Yeah, it's a 92 on Rotten Tomato, 92.76. But it was like a flop. Nobody went out to see it because nobody really knew about it. Yeah. So that's a wreck, right? Logan Lucky, that can be a wreck sure, for the week. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, moving on. Um, I watched Stowaway. Okay, good. I'm claustrophobic. Tell me if I'll like it. Uh, no. So here's the thing. Gr- unbelievable cast. Anna Kendrick. Uh, Tony Collette, Daniel Day Kim, who you've seen in a million different things, and then um, Shamir Anderson, who's a newer guy. But it's just these four people in a room. So they probably spent – I haven't looked this up. I, I'd be shocked if they spent more than $5 million on this movie. And then, you know, they put it out on Netflix, which we've talked about it before. You don't need to promote anything on Netflix. It's just in people's living rooms. So I think it did – it obviously did really well. I think it's still in their top ten. Uh, the – star power of Anna Kendrick alone would be enough. Anna Kendrick, sci-fi, toss in Tony Collette. The acting's great. It's just meh the whole time. If you watch the preview, you know exactly what's going to happen. So the guy, stows, the, the guy stows away on a spaceship and they get there, they get into space and they're like, we only have oxygen for three people and now there's four of them. Bingo. You just, that's the first hour, 15 minutes of the movie. And the movie's less than two hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of, that, if I knew nothing about the movie, maybe I'd be more interested, but it took 75 minutes for them to catch up to where I was, if that makes sense. You know, because I knew one of them has to die and that's the dilemma. And like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to figure, you know, we're going to solve some problems. But um, yeah, I'd skip it. It's, it. it just let me down. I'm down with these movies that they keep pumping out with stars though, because they probably, it probably took them six weeks to shoot this movie, if that. Is there any chance it was a Corona shoot? It would have had to be before that, right? Because this sounds like something that could have been shot during Corona. It definitely looks like there's a lot of post-production in it because there's a lot of spacey stuff. So it was shot before. So probably shot before. But um, he, <laughs> yeah, I, they just, you watch the preview, you know exactly what happens. And if so, if you're into that, if you want to, but if you're into the first 75 minute setup of Anna Kendrick, like being charming and a really smart astronaut, then great check it out who doesn't love anna kendrick as a really smart astronaut right yeah no i'm into it i've just i wouldn't recommend it do you think this movie was inspired by armageddon and you're out there in space and you got to choose one and i'm assuming they didn't draw straws in this no there's a ton of movies in space where there's only enough x for y uh gravity i don't remember sandra bullock george clooney yeah uh, what else? Dude, the movie Life. Remember that star-studded cast? Ryan Reynolds, 
Jake Gyllenhaal. There's like five other people. It's a sci-fi movie where there's it's they pretty much just rip off Alien. What's the McConaughey space one? Certainly than I. Interstellar. Okay, sorry. I don't. I have like <laughs> may or may not have seen those movies. What? Interstellar was a tentpole movie of like, what was that? 2013. It was like one of the must-see movies of the year. He was coming off of the Batman trilogy, Christopher Nolan and McConaughey. No, well, it was the McConaissance. It was well after the McConaissance. It was like a year after the McConaissance. It was very much in the McConaissance. I, I bet it, Interstellar was 2014. Dallas Buyers Club was 2013. And 2014, I believe, was Wait, True Detective. Did you say Interstellar was 2014? Yeah. Okay, so that's near the McConaissance. I what do you mean? It was, it was, the, the, it was I, right I thought in it was, the middle of it. It was in it, the McConaissance. I thought it was more recent. I thought Interstellar was like 2018. No, I think I think of it as more recent for some reason. Um I don't know if there's an official mark of the beginning of the reconnaissance, but me personally, I consider the Lincoln lawyer, the beginning of the reconnaissance, not yeah, like, that it's his best movie, but that it was the beginning of the new chapter. Uh, yeah. Lincoln lawyer is pretty good. That was two years earlier. That was 2011. Uh, then Dallas buyers club was 2013. And then I, I believe it was the spring of, 2013 or excuse me the spring of 2014 was true detective season one obviously mm-hmm. and then that summer was interstellar and he was just everywhere are you on his imdb page uh, yeah what comes before the lincoln lawyer is that when he took his three-year break f- from the rom-com world by uh, the way somebody nah. was somebody was reading um green lights on the beach and i just that's one of my favorite vacation things is everyone reads a physical book no one reads on their kindles and i just love seeing what people are reading um i dude i was so tired of him publicizing that book he was on every single podcast that's, i listened to my sister was like i haven't read i haven't read it and i was like i'm not going to because i know every story from it because he was on every podcast i listened to so i feel the exact same way as you his brother was not his brother. It was his adopted brother. And he went into the house to meet his parents, but he just wanted to see if his dad had a good hairline and got right back in the car. Yeah. Um, that one was. Okay. Let's, 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 let's pull up his uh, filmography here. What do you say? I think the Lincoln lawyer was, there's the, the missing time. Kind of near. Before reconnaissance. That. Interstellar was right in the middle of kind of near. I thought Interstellar was later. I thought Interstellar no, was. I, no, no, I no. think of that movie as so. I don't. Time is a flat circle to quote the one and only Matthew McConaughey because I think of that movie as way more recent than. So, okay. So, all right. Let's start from his last rom com was Ghost of Girlfriends Past, which was a disaster. Jennifer Garner? Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, there's a lot of ladies in that. Anyway, that was 2009. Okay. Bernie was 2011. He plays like fourth fiddle to Jack Black. That that movie's actually pretty decent, Bernie. Uh, Killer Joe, 2011 also. That movie's pretty good. Lincoln Lawyer, 2011. So 2011, he had three movies. Wow. I don't, and, I don't know Bernie or Killer Joe. Oh, Bernie's, Bernie's very good. Bernie's hilarious. Bernie's like a dark comedy. It's like one of Jack Black's best movies. Uh, in my opinion, and according to the critics, apparently. Okay, and then, uh, so Bernie, Killer Joe, Lincoln Lawyer, Magic Mike in 2012. Ever heard of it? Sure. Seen uh, that one. The, the Paper Boy was a miss. And then Dallas Buyers Club, where he won his Academy Award. Mud, Wolf of Wall Street. 
Interstellar, and then he falls off a, a cliff. Sea of Trees, gold. I actually like gold. We've gone through the highs and lows of the reconnaissance. And yeah, kind of a kind of a kind of a loosey goosey episode. Oh, bouncing off the walls there. Sorry for Tangent Town. We I was just trying to think of how we got to McConaughey, and it was because of Interstellar, which was because of the space movie Stowaway. So we weren't even talking about a McConaughey movie. I don't think he has anything in the works. I think he uh, wrote a book and did the pod things. And By the way, it. in Interstellar, there's also that element of there's seven of us, and we only have six X, or we only have five X. There's Food like that's for- always that's a space movie trope for sure. Mm-hmm. Why does no one go into space prepared anymore? I don't know. People are feels, blowing it. Feels like it should be easier. Okay. So that's yours. I have a quick uh, one as well. I think they're quick and then they never are, but they're never, they never are. This isn't one for you younger on TV land, but it's on Hulu. Um, so you should watch it through Hulu. It is Darren star. Did you watch Emily in Paris? I've asked you this before. No, no. you did not. Um, Darren Star is also known for Emily in Paris. So like this, so he's the Sex and City creator. And what he puts out now isn't the best thing you're ever going to see. Like nothing will ever top Sex and the City. And I think we have all just accepted that. And so we allow him to put out mildly subpar things that entertain us because it's not his fault that it's not as good as Sex and the City. I think that's the general uh, attitude towards Darren Star because his shows ever since then, nothing has ever been as good but maybe that bar is too high. Um, younger is <laughs> the setup is silly. Um, a 40 year old woman is trying to get back into the career world, the workforce after having kids getting divorced and she feels like there's ageism. So she pretends to be a 26 year old. This woman does not look 26. She looks 40. She dresses like 40 year old and that's how it is set up. And then she starts working at a publishing house with books, whatever. Hillary Duff is there. Hillary Duff is phenomenal. She's getting a ton of spinoffs and she's doing that. How I met your mother show. Um, how I met your how, father. How I met your dad. I think it's how I met your, is it how I met your dad? Not I father. Think I think it's less formal. I think it's how I met your dad. There's a, it's a copyright thing. Someone did a, how I met your father show, I think. So they couldn't do that. Um, anyway. So Hillary Duff is there. She's very charming. It's a very charming show the seventh season so it's one of those shows where if you tell people to watch it seven seasons feels like a lot they're pretty quick and it's 30 minute episodes it's a comedy enjoyable watch um the seventh season is airing now on hulu it's week to week at this point um i think there's six episodes out it might be five um and then there's only like five to seven episodes left in the whole show and then it's gonna end so if you are looking for a quick easy watch I recommend younger. It's just enjoyable. Like I said, it's not perfect. It's not sex in the city. It's a slightly more celibate version of that, I would say, but it's, um, it's entertaining. So younger also, it, it does kind of want to be sex in the city. There's a line. <laughs> this There's, is, yeah, if you had cut it off there, I would have congratulated you for your, Oh, you said it was going to be short and it was short. It was only like three minutes, but then you go, but you just can't help yourself. In the premiere or second episode of season seven, there is a direct reference to a Sex in the City, famous Sex in the City line. And I just don't know if Darren Starr is like messing with us or if he's just like, we've talked about this before. You, I, and Bo had a conversation about how Aaron Sorkin plagiarizes himself. And, um, and whether whether or not he's doing it intentionally or if it's cool or if it's Which I still not don't cool. know. Do you think he does it on purpose? It's not cool. It's not cool. Like, Do you think he knows? He- 
He, he I hope he, he knows. There's you go on YouTube at Google Aaron Sorkin plagiarizing himself. It is you, it is so bad how often he does it, and it's he, it's he does it in like three four different movies. And if you do, if it's if you're like having a hard time wrapping your mind around what I'm saying, just look it up on YouTube. It's pretty bad. Do you think he thought the internet wouldn't notice? Uh yeah. Well, he got away with it in the '90s, for sure. Fair. So Darren Star does that too, but no one's going to get mad because it's younger and nobody cares about younger. But correct. Uh, watch the show; it's it's good. What is your last rec? Nothing. Um, oh, fair. I think I did three, didn't I? Uh, oh, you just made, we just made Logan Lucky mine. Oh, fair. I had I have thoughts on um, Handmaid's Tale, but we're so far over. I gotta go. Yeah. To work. Uh, we went really heavy on Mare, but we both really like it. So that'll be our excuse. Um, so yeah, thanks for um, sticking with us through these massive tangents. And we will be back next week with a little more Mare and some better Rex. I will find something that I actually like. Okay, bye. Bye.